Hey friends, welcome to the Robin Graham show. I'm so grateful you're joining me for another episode where we dive into entrepreneurship, faith, mental health, and so much more. I'm your host, Robin Graham, a brand strategist, business coach, and mentor. Join me every week to learn how mindset, strategy, and action combined will produce the results you were dreaming of. Discover your purpose and follow your God-led callings, values, visions, and passions to create a personal brand and strong foundation for long-term success. The sky is the limit when we spend time with like-minded people. Through interviews and solo episodes, we'll be diving into inspiring stories, life and business journeys of failure and success, and the strategies and tools used along the way. Ready to learn? Grab your cup of coffee, the car keys, or the dog's leash, and let's dive in to this episode. Hello, friends. I am so excited today. I am sort of girl crushing over here, but don't tell anybody. So I have been following Tanya Dalton since I basically was pitched for her to be a guest on the podcast and have been consuming her content night and day. She is a remarkable woman who I know you are going to find inspiring. She is a nationally recognized productivity expert, best-selling author and speaker, She is also a podcast host, and she is focused on helping women create fulfilling lives on purpose. And today we're going to talk a little bit about, well, all about her book on purpose, which just recently published, I want to say late October, early November. Yes. Late October, October 26th. Without further ado, I am going to bring Tanya onto the microphone with me. So Tanya Dalton, welcome to the Robin Graham show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited for us to chat today. Oh my gosh. Like I said, I am so excited. I loved your book and listeners, I have to tell you, you know, usually when I'm preparing for an episode, I have a pretty clear cut vision as to what I want to talk about, but her book is so full of value that you have to pick it up because we are only going to touch the tip of the iceberg in this conversation. And we are just going to let this conversation flow and see where I guess God leads us because (laughs) I know it's going to be powerful (laughs) and impactful, but just come along with us for the ride on this one. So Tanya, will you just tell the listeners a little bit about you and what inspired you to write on purpose? Yeah, well, it's really interesting because, you know, I thought I was going to write a very different book when I sat down and, you know, I had the joy of missing out. My first book came out. I was named a top 10 business book of the year. And so HarperCollins was like, you know, we want you to write another book. And I said, great. So I mapped it all out. I had this whole idea in mind. My editor and I had met and we decided we we're going to write a book on goal setting. So I'm like, great. I can totally talk about goal setting easily for 200 pages. I've taught thousands of women how to set and achieve goals. So I map it all out. I have this whole outline and a writing plan in place. It's like, oh, beautiful, right? And that's in February of 2020. And then March of 2020 happened. And suddenly I'm homeschooling two kids. I'm trying to file PPP paperwork for my business. I'm trying to organize my team at the office and everything else. And that whole plan went out the window. There was no way I could write. Uh, But what was really interesting is this. It really created this beautiful intentional pause for me. And I I love these intentional pauses where we stop and really reflect and we listen. And what was happening was I was hearing all the women in my community, in my world, talking about things like, oh, why am I doing things the way that I'm doing them? Is this really what life is all about? How do I get these things done? And like all of a sudden we began to realize that maybe we weren't doing the things that we wanted to do. And that's really the beauty of this whole pandemic. We got to look for the silver lining, right? It's that it was this very 
intentional pause in our daily lives to really stop and assess, do I like where I am? Do I like who I am? Do I like what I'm doing? And so I was noticing these questions coming up again and again. And so all of those outlines and the writing plans and all that went out the window. Because first of all, I'm homeschooling kids, so I didn't know how I was going to get all the writing done. But I sat down months after I had first anticipated And the book that started pouring out of me was vastly different than what I had originally thought it would be. And it became really focused on this idea of purpose. Who are we? What are we designed to do? What is it we really want to do in our life long-term? And then how do we set goals that get us there? So really it's this whole idea that goals are not the goal. Goals are the vehicle to get us that life we want. That's what living on purpose is really about. It's you know, living bigger than our to-do list. I think so often we're so busy checking all the things off our list and we're just looking down and we're focused on today. And we, we check a thousand things off our list, fall into bed at night, exhausted, just worn out. And we think, oh, why didn't I get more done? We just don't feel that satisfaction at the end of the day. We don't feel successful. And I think truly it's because we're not tying our actions of today to that big, bright, beautiful vision we have for our fu- for our future. And so, you know, I wanted to write a book that helped people understand, first of all, what does that future look like for me? What if I don't know what my purpose is? And then how do I get there? How do I set goals that are really meaningful to me? How do I set myself up so that my life is filled with joy every single day instead of feeling like it happens when I cross the finish line? And that's really what I wanted this book to do. I love that because we do get so inundated with the to-do list and the daily activities and just life in general that we lose sight of experiencing joy in the menial task that we're doing to get us to that end point. And I think a lot of times, and this really resonated with me in the book, is that a lot of times I think we have an idea, but we don't necessarily know what Z is. You know, we're at A and we're not sure completely what Z is. So we're setting these goals, but without fine tuning our purpose and really identifying that first, that end goal per se is something we're really not clear on. And so I think when we're trying to do things and we don't have that clarity, we can't find joy because we're confused and we're scattered. Yeah. Well, I, I think one of the biggest mistakes we make, especially when it comes to setting our goals is we're not setting the right goals to which people want to say, like, what are the right goals? Like, give me the list, right? <laughs> like, Just tell me what goals to set. And the truth is your goals are unique to you. But what happens is we, we look around and we're like, oh, this woman over here, she's doing amazing things. I should do what she's doing. Or, oh, look at this woman in her business. She's doing these things and she's killing it. So I need to do those things too. And so we're setting our goals based off what everybody else is doing. Everyone else's metrics of success, instead of defining what success looks like to us, really leaning into our own unique gifts, our own unique talents, and letting those be the guide. That's when we find that joy and satisfaction, when we're setting goals that are aligned with that Z point, right? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know where you are now, A, and maybe you do know what Z is. Maybe you don't, but it's the B to Y that gets everybody tripped up. Like, how do I get there? Mm-hmm. That, that endpoint can seem so daunting and so big that it can frighten us. We can talk ourselves out of it, right? Or we, we come up with these excuses of why we can't get closer to it. 
Mm-hmm. And, and the truth is where we are today and where it is we want to go between those two marks is this chasm that's so big. It's like the Grand Canyon. Yeah. And so we think that what we have to do is we have to like run and jump. We have to jump all the way across the Grand Canyon, right? Or we have to build this like jetpack to zoom across and we'll spend 20 years building this jetpack. When the truth is, if we put one foot in front of the other, step by step, each and every day, walking down the walls of that canyon, getting across and up the other side, we would get there so much faster and we would enjoy the view along the mm-hmm. way. Yeah, I love that analogy. So let's backtrack just a little bit. Before we can have that vision and that plan to take one step at a time, we do need to define our purpose. So my listeners have heard me say this a million times, but I tend to use this equation because I'm a total geek and I love equations, but so (laughs) values plus divisions plus passions will guide you to get to your purpose. And when Mm -hmm. I'm talking about that, I'm like, values are so like that equation, right? It's pretty good. And when you think about it, you have to be aligned with your values or you're going to attract people that are not aligned with similar values. And that's just going to end up in miscommunication, frustration, and all of those negative emotions. But your visions Mm -hmm. are, you know, who do you see yourself as? What do you see yourself doing? Who do you see yourself serving? And all of those things, like I always say, you know, when I was a little girl, I, I, was always the teacher when we played school, you know, <laughs> my, you sisters, yeah. <laughs> my sisters at nauseum had to listen to me, teach them whatever I was teaching them and being very bossy and, you know, all of those things. And then your passions, you know, what lights you up, what fuels you, what ignites those butterflies in your belly and makes you want to take action, to take that one step at a time to get to something And so I'm glad you like that equation, but I would love to know your perspective and how you help your clients get to that sense of purpose. Yeah. So really, I mean, a lot of what you're talking about here ties in with my whole concept of the North star that I dive into with the joy of missing out my first book, your values plus your vision, plus your mission. That really is kind of your guiding light and your principle. And I think it's so important to have that, especially with your business, that that becomes a filter for not only who you want to work with, what I call your soulmate client, the clients that you absolutely love working with, they love working with you. It's you know amazing. Uh, but it's also important with how you run your team, how you set your boundaries and all those other aspects. You know, I think the thing that sometimes trips people up is that they say, well, I don't even know what I'm passionate about. I really don't even know what it is I love anymore. We can tend to lose ourselves in the roles that we play especially mm-hmm. the role of motherhood, right? I mean, yeah. they hand you that baby the day that they're born and along with this giant sack of <laughs> mom guilt where you feel like <laughs> everything you do has to be for this little human being and then more human beings if you have more than one kid. And and sometimes we lose sight of what it is that we, we were ignited for and excited about. And so I think it's really going back in time. I really am a big advocate for doing a little bit of time traveling, a little bit of reflection, Diving back into who we were before we started adulting, because when we, we became adults and we started focusing on realistic expectations, which that sounds really boring, doesn't it? Right. The uh-huh. expectations, paying the mortgage, doing all these grown up things. There was a, a whole lot of things that we were really excited about and passionate about. So diving into who you were as a kid, what were the things that you got excited about? What were the activities that you did that, not that your mom dragged you to, not the piano lessons that you like hated. What were the things that you were like, oh, I can't wait to do whatever it is, right? So let's say, let's say it was softball, 
Let's say that the thing that you love, that was one of the many things that you loved is softball. So you think to yourself, well, I'm not going to do anything with softball now. I'm a 45 year old woman. Like that doesn't make any sense, (laughs) but let's dive into why you liked it. Why did you love softball? Was it the team aspect? Was it being outdoors? Was it, you know, the athleticism and moving your body? What was it that you love? Start asking that question. Why? And you'll start to see these little breadcrumbs of what you are truly passionate about. Another great exercise to do, and I talk about this in the book, is diving into what did you want to be when you grew up? When you were a kid, there were no realistic expectations. Anything was possible. And let me actually rephrase that. Everything was possible. You were like, I want to be president. I want to be a professional athlete. I want to be whatever it was. There were no, there were no constraints on you and you were able to dream really big. So again, it's getting back into why did I want to be those things? You know, even if it's something silly like Wonder Woman, right? And that's the example I give in the book is let's say you wanted to be Wonder Woman. Okay, you see, that's not really going to work out for you, right? To be Wonder Woman. But why did you want to be Wonder Woman? Because she stood for truth and justice? Because she inspired young girls to rise up? Was it, you know, what was it about being Wonder Woman that was appealing to you? That's how you can start diving into your past and pulling all these nuggets, all these things that make you passionate, that make you excited. And and then really, I think what it is, is taking off what I call your backpack. You know, we all have this backpack that we wear on our back, that we're gathering up experiences, gathering up lessons, gathering up failures and the things that we've learned from it, right? Gathering all these things over the course of our lifetime. And we forget about them because they're on our back and we're just carrying around all this extra weight. So taking off your backpack, unzipping it, taking everything out of this backpack and taking a good look at them and saying, wow, there's a lot of things in here. I have a lot more knowledge. I have a lot more skills. I have a a lot of lessons I've really learned along the way. At the age that we are right now, there's an incredible amount of expertise that you bring to the table that we tend to undervalue because it's been in our backpack. We don't even see it. So taking that out and unpacking it, that'll help you start to understand what is my purpose? Look for the themes, look for the breadcrumbs, look for things that that kind of go together. You're like, Ooh, I remember when I did that, that was a lot of fun or that got me really excited, right? That's how we start to tap back into who am I? What do I love? And it's okay. If you feel like you've lost sight of that, it happens to all of us. We got to tap back into it. It's really important to take that intentional pause. Yeah. I love that you say that. And the one thing, you know, you mentioned that backpack also has the mistakes and the failures and what we forget is sometimes our answers are in those experiences because we learned something and we overcame something and we navigated that situation with that, which then gives us a sense of expertise for how we did that. And we can now do it for somebody else. Who's going to go through that exact same thing in a short while. Yeah. And especially too, as business owners, you're not selling a product or a service, you're solving problems. Yeah. And really, if you reframe what you do as this is how I serve others is by solving their problems. If you had a failure, you had something that you learned in the past, that was a problem for you, right? And you got a solution out of it. Other people need that solution. Other people are praying right now for the solution that you offer. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important to realize and recognize That's part of your purpose. It's not about what you do. It's how you help people. Because Mm -hmm. honestly, and you might be thinking to yourself, I don't know if I solve any problems. If you don't solve a problem, you don't have a business. Because people don't buy products or services. They buy solutions. 
-hmm. So when you start to tie whatever it is you do to this beautiful purpose, this solution that you create for other people, that makes your talking point so much easier to really dive into the benefits of what it is you offer. But it also increases your joy. It increases your happiness. When we're doing work that's tied to a much bigger calling, we have so much more satisfaction for the work that we are creating on a daily basis. So really look bigger than than what it is you do. Think about that big picture, zoom out and get the big picture view. Yeah, I love that. And you talk in the book about, I'm going to use your your acronym, PI. Mm -hmm. I would love for you to dive into that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think one of the big things that, you know, we like to hide behind (laughs) is this term Mm multi-passionate. Well, I'm multi-passionate. So I want to have 17 different businesses or I want to do 17 different things within this business. And all we're doing is confusing ourselves and confusing our customers, right? Mm -hmm. So the truth is, can we stop using that term multi-passionate? Every single person on this planet is multi-passionate. I mean, I don't know about you, Robin, but I certainly love more than one thing. I (laughs) I I do. I do. And as you were saying this, I'm thinking she is just defining me right there. I mean, especially with my book coming out next year, I've got an entire new business that I want to start with. My husband's like, okay, can we reel you in for just a little bit? You know, let's. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think this is a thing is, you know, I know for me, this is one of the big challenges too, because I have like 75 ideas and each one has 32 variations. So Mm -hmm. it's only like 2 million ideas. It's fine. It's not that big of a thing. But the thing is, is we're confusing our customers and, you know, people will say, well, Amazon does it. Yeah. But what did Amazon sell for like its first like five, 10 years? Books, only books. Right. And then they expanded into office supplies. Then they expanded into more. So you can start to offer more things. But first, we got to get one niche taken care of, get that running smoothly and like clockwork, really speaking to that soulmate client of yours, solving their problems. Then we can start to add on. Then we can start to expand. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm the same way in that I have a product-based business. I have a podcast. I have books, but I didn't start by trying to do all of them at the same time. I started just with the products. Then Mm -hmm. I added on the podcast. Then I added, right? And it's just this slow evolution that happens. And the problem is, is we want, we want to be Amazon right away. But when we do that, we're wearing ourselves out. So what we want to do is we want to, we want to choose to focus. The cost of greatness is commitment that we have to commit to doing fewer things so that we can really do them well, and then we can expand. So the pie activity that I walk through in the book is a great way to get that clarity. Because mm-hmm. honestly, if you're just like, well, I'm passionate about all these things, but you haven't taken time to assess them, how do you really know what you're most passionate about? So the pie activity is basically we walk through and we look at your powers. What are the gifts that you have? What are the things that come really easily to you? We give that a score. Then we talk about the impact of whatever this passion is, right? We list out all the passions. We give each one of them a power score. How well does it play with your powers, your superpowers, your gifts? Then we talk about what's the score we would give it from one to 10 on impact, not just the impact it makes in the world around us and for other people, but the impact it makes in your own life, in the lives of your family members as well. And then the E in pi is the excitement, You know, just because you're good at something doesn't mean you should be doing it, right? Just because it's something that you do well doesn't mean we have to say yes. So how excited do you get when you think about it? Like, do you get butterflies in your stomach because you're so excited? Or does it feel like, well, I mean, yeah, I could do that. 
I mean, there's a lot of things I could do. I could do my own accounting, but I would hate it. And I'm not as good at it as my accountant is, right? For so this sure. Is the thing. It's really assessing where your powers lie, your impact and your excitement. And when you do that, this is what I love. Like, I love how you love equations. That's what this does is we give it a numerical value and mm-hmm. you can easily start to rank it. And this works whether you're trying to assess the passions that you're trying to figure out what to pursue, or you have all these different ideas of what you want to do in your business in the coming year, list them out. And then start to really assess them using the powers, impact, and excitement. And you'll start to get a lot of clarity on, oh, there's a lot fewer things that I truly am passionate about. Those are the things I want to focus on. Yeah, I love that so much. Okay, we're going to switch gears completely here because I was listening to your podcast and you have decided to go off social media. I have. It's been a big thing. Yeah. (laughs) That is a huge thing. And I think about this often because I am so guilty of looking at what everybody else is doing and going into that compare and despair mode. And, you know, Mm -hmm. when, when you have anxiety to begin with social media can just send you down this tailspin, even if you don't have anxiety, it can send you in the tailspin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and I think there's so much superficial content there and I'm so over so many aspects of it. People have you convinced you have to be a six figure earner. And there are some people in this world who $50,000 is a ton of money. And if that is their goal, there's nothing wrong yes. with having that goal. And so no, wrong I think it, it really squashes the spirit. So I want mm-hmm. to hear how you made that decision and how you're doing and how you're doing getting off of it and how you're doing <laughs> off of it. <laughs> That's a good, that's great questions because it really is a big thing because people will tell you is, you know, oh gosh, is that career suicide? Is that, you know, if you're not, there's this limiting belief with our businesses that if you're not on social media, you're dying or you're not going to be able to survive. And the truth is for hundreds of years, we've run businesses without social media. My first company, we didn't even use social media for, and I am not that old, regardless of what my kids think. <laughs> I'm not that old. So it's, social media is one of those newer things. And I think what happens a lot of times, especially with social media, is we get a little bit lazy in that we're looking around and we're like, we need to do what they're doing because that's what everybody in my business is doing, right? And again, we get we get sucked into that comparisonism. So for me, I've been having this love-hate relationship with social media, more hate than love, if I'm being honest, for a long time where I just feel like I get out of social media and I don't feel better about myself. I don't feel good. And I'm a grown woman. So if that's the case, how do our kids feel when they're on social media? And I have two kids, right? I have an 18-year-old and a 15-year-old and I watch them trying to navigate. And the truth is, you know, we got on social media so we could deepen connections and it's done the opposite. It's Uh created a disconnect. There's more trolls. There's a more of this anonymous posting. There's more, right. There's all of this with divisiveness that's happening. And I don't get on social media and go, wow, that felt amazing. I get off and I go, oh, and the truth is I was, I would get off of social media and I would feel bad that I wasn't doing more for social media. Right. And then you get off and you're adding to to your to-do list. At least that's what I'm guilty of. And, or it becomes a distraction. And I know in the book, you talk about time and 
we have to set our priorities. And I love that you say that, like, it doesn't make me feel good when I get off of it. And we have to choose those activities that are going to launch us forward versus Mm -hmm. those that are going to hold us back or make us feel inadequate because we cannot progress. We cannot find success or get to Z and that ultimate cathedral goal, as you refer to them. If -hmm. we're sitting in a place of just complete dissatisfaction with ourselves because of what we're seeing other people do. I think that's so true. And I think this is the thing is we have a hard time measuring our own success because we're measuring it off of what everybody else is doing. If we take the time, this is one of the things that I love doing with business owners. Let's define what success looks like for you. What does it look like in a year, five years, 10 years? And we don't focus in on the money. We don't focus in on the follower count. We don't, we don't start there. We start with What does it look like? What does life look like? What are your relationships like? Where are you living? What are the activities you're wanting to do? Then we work backwards to figure out the financials. Then we work backwards to figure out what it is you need to do. And honestly, I felt like for a long time, I was, my measurement of success was how many followers I have. And I think that's ridiculous. What a vanity metric that is, Mm -hmm. right? I need to get really caught up in it because other people get caught up in it. And for me, it just became one of those things where, If I'm a values-driven company, and I am, I truly believe your values, your vision, your mission, that should be what drives and filters everything you do with your business. That's how I go to bed at night. And I call it reconciling my receipts at the end of the day. When my head hits the pillow, I need to reconcile the receipts. How do I feel about what I put forth into the world today? Do I feel good about it? Do I feel like I changed the world to make it better? Or do I feel worse about it, right? Mm -hmm. So everything needs to reconcile. If I have these values, And what Facebook and Instagram do does not align with my values. Why am I showing up there? Because I can promise you when I dive into my soulmate clients, they're not finding me on social media. They're not impressed with with me dancing on reels. I have no desire to dance on reels. Me either. I want to show up on social media to help you, to give you a little bit of inspiration. And that's not happening because then they're getting sucked into the rabbit hole. And for me, if I'm showing up on social media and I'm telling you, come, come find me on Instagram, I'm endorsing it and I don't endorse it. I don't endorse things that I don't truly believe in. So it was really for me, this very, like very clear decision that this does not align with me. I don't like what it's doing to my children or the children as a whole, not just my own children, but you know, we have an increase. Anxiety is up. They're tying that to social media. Tourette's syndrome uh, symptoms, they're tying that to social media. It's just gotten tied to, to TikTok. All of these different things are being tied to social media. And if I don't feel like that's what's best for my kids or my family or, or the people I work with, why am I showing up there? Why am I endorsing it? Because that's essentially what I'm doing. So I made a very public declaration that I was taking a stand that to me, honestly, I'm excited about this because this is a challenge. This is an opportunity for me to think outside of the box, to really dive into how do I deepen connection without social media? So I'm going to be doing things like live events where we're getting together, not where, you know, and this is the thing is right now, a lot of people do live events because they're selling you into a program or a course. I want to do live events just to deepen connection. Let's get together. Let's do, you know, live coaching calls that are just because I want to help you out. Let me offer you, you know, a free little workshop or those kinds of things. Let me make my newsletter more in depth and really behind the scenes and true life stories of me instead of just 
cranking out stuff because I'm wasting so much time, so much focus, so much brain energy into social media, a platform that I don't love. So I get to choose. And that's the thing, especially as a business owner. I mean, that's the greatest thing. We talk about the freedoms, lifestyle freedom, time freedom, financial freedom, location freedom. I have all those freedoms. What would it look like if I really had the freedom to do the things I want to do? Well, guess what? I do. And you do too. And if I don't want to be on social media, I don't have to do it. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of, you know, I'll get off my soapbox here. Hold on. (laughs) Climb down now. (laughs) I feel like it's important. We need, and what's interesting is, you know, I did that podcast episode. I got more emails than I've ever gotten. I, I mean, I'm on episode like 250 at this point. I'm five years in on my podcast. I got more emails about that episode and every single one of them was in support. Some of them were like, I feel like I have permission to not be on social media. And I'm like, listen, you don't need my permission, but granted, there you go. If that's what you need, if you need to see a business and I run a, you know, I run seven figure businesses. I I do coaching. I do, you know, authoring of books. And so you could say, wow, that's, that's kind of a scary deal. And it is, but you know what? Stepping out of your comfort zone is always scary. And Mm -hmm. if I want to encourage other people to step out of their comfort zone, why don't I model that for them? Yeah. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I have a feeling I'm going to follow suit because I just, it doesn't make my heart feel good. And if it doesn't make my heart feel good, why am I doing it? This is such a great lesson for all of us as you're navigating, trying to discover clarity in your business, trying to find quote unquote balance in your lives, navigate all of those things by looking at what makes you feel good. At the end of the day, when you put your head on the pillow, what can you look back and say, I did that and that helped someone or I I did that Mm -hmm. and I feel good about it. Like, yeah, such a different, it's it's just a flip of a switch, right? We're just changing those dynamics for our own internal world. But also when we do that and we reflect our values out into the world, we change the world. It's that ripple effect. It totally is. Well, and here's the thing, like if someone who's listening is like, oh gosh, that sounds amazing, but I just don't think I could do it. Here would be my challenge to you. Pull your numbers, like pull out your soulmate clients out of all the clients that you've worked with and start asking them, how did you find me? How did you, what did you like about me? If they're telling you, I found you on social media, I followed you on social media and social media is what convinced me. Okay. Maybe you want to stay there, but I'll be honest, nine times out of 10, when I have this conversation with other seven-figure business owners, they're like, oh my God, none of my clients are finding me on social media. Like, oh, hold on. When I think about the clients that I love, yeah, they're not finding me on social media. And I think it's like, oh, wait, why am I spending time on an activity that I don't love that's also not really bringing in the revenue? It's just because we think that's what we're supposed to do. Well, you should be on social media. If you're not on social media, how's anyone going to know that your business is thriving? Well, you can do that through a blog. You can do it through a podcast. You can do it through a newsletter. There's a thousand ways we can do it. Let's Mm -hmm. stop thinking that there's only one way to do things. And it's by being on these platforms. Yeah. You know, we're we're on platforms and we don't even own that traffic. Mm -hmm. As a business owner, you want to own your traffic, right? Absolutely. 
a stupid amount of time creating a reel or doing something like that. And then you're like, oh, wait, that got no reach. No one responded. I know. And I just wasted two hours. And it adds two hours that I could have done so many other things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel about those reels, too. I'm like, that just took me 45 minutes to put that together. And it's nothing compared to what other people have out there. So it's not going to make an impact. So why in the world did I just do that? And then I'm going to bed thinking, that was such a waste of time. I could have done X, Y, Z, which would have made an impact. So, oh, this was such a great conversation. I am so grateful that you are here, that you took time to be here with me today. I just, I loved it. So thank you very much. And thank you for all the amazing content and work that you're putting out into the world, because I know that this book, well, I haven't read your other book yet, but this book is definitely going to make an impact on people. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, I love having conversations for me, really helping women feel passionate about what they're doing. I'm so passionate about what I do. I want other people to feel that. I want you to wake up in the morning and feel ignited. I want you to feel excited about what you get to do, not yes. what you have to do. Yes. And so uh, getting to, to chat with you today just you know reignites that passion and excitement for me because I, I love talking about it. I love getting other women excited about it too. Yeah, well, we're definitely aligned there because I love what I do and it just does nothing but excite me. And when I get on a call with a a client and I get to see them start to make progress or see those, the lights come on and their their mind starts, starts spinning with new ideas and creativity and all those things. It's just, I don't know, it fills me with joy. I don't even know how else to explain it. Listeners, if you have stayed till the end, I am so grateful for you. And I'm so happy that you were here. And I hope that you found this so incredibly valuable, at least as valuable as I did, because I'm lit up right now. And I hope that you will take a second to subscribe and leave a rating and review for the podcast, because that's how more people are going to discover this message. And I think the more people that hear this message, the more positive, good, amazing things that are going to happen in our world. So please share this episode with anyone, you know, that might be struggling with finding their purpose, discovering clarity or any of those things. And thank you all for just being here. Have a beautiful day. And that's a wrap friends. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review. Ratings and reviews are how we grow and more people find the show. It would mean the world to me. And let's connect. You can find me on Instagram, Clubhouse, Facebook, and LinkedIn as The Robin Graham. Have questions about building a personal brand and business for success? Book a free mentorship call with me at www.therobingraham.com. Until next time. Remember to smile.